0: Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at cheyennevineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Well, you might have figured out already that we're doing things a little differently today. We didn't forget the Lord's Supper. We're just doing it a little later today. I'm planting some seed today that that I want everyone to get. Um, Speaking about the symbolism of the Feast of Passover today but the the basis of the message when i got this revelation that many of the things in the old testament are are pictures that point toward things that would be fulfilled in jesus and ultimately fulfilled in the church it it really revolutionized the way that I look at the Old Testament uh, because you you just you can't look at it the same anymore These are not just nice nice stories of things that happened many years ago but the the other thing that this revolution revelation did is it it completely confirmed. Uh, my faith in in the supernatural foundation of of this book, because nobody was smart enough to have come up with the symbolism that you're going to see today in the Passover being fulfilled in jesus and now ultimately being fulfilled in us so uh, i'm sorry i'm going to be using notes probably more today than normal and yes i've got lots of notes and we've got a lot of work to do i encourage you to take notes if if any of you want me to send you my notes later i'm i'm happy to do that, uh, I, maybe I'll just send it as an attachment to my email this this next week because this th- this is amazing stuff that I get to share with you today. It's so foundational. It it will fill in holes in your own understanding of your own salvation. It will. It it will. Give you hope and encouragement for the, as we approach the end of days, how God is going to deal with us, his people, because of how he dealt with his people way back in the book of Genesis and Exodus. So this, this, this is great stuff. Uh, we, Like I said, we're, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper, but if we do it after the message today, it's, it's going to have a whole new meaning for you. And so we're, we're going to do it together at the end rather than uh, the way we normally do it. So, Father, I, I just thank you for your great wisdom, uh, for your awesome power, for your ability to bring forth your plan with normal, weak human beings. That that demonstrates your power in such an amazing way. And I I pray for a release of faith today, a release of wisdom and understanding and revelation to your people that we would never be the same after today. In Jesus' name. So, this year I'm, I'm committed to... Teaching about all of the feasts of Israel, and so the first one, and i I, I have to tell you, I, I probably first received some of this revelation uh, maybe twenty years ago and and it was it, it was revolutionary to me, but the more that I dig in to the feasts. There, there's just, it, it's endless, the, the amount of amazing symbolism that, that the Lord put into this stuff. And so what you're getting t- today is, is going to be sort of big picture. And, and what you'll be getting when we celebrate Passover in a couple weeks is, is going to be like the microscope version. You'll you'll get revolu- revelation out of the the minute details of of the Passover celebration itself when when we celebrate it. What what I want to give you today is is sort of the big picture. So we're we're looking at the feasts of Israel. And uh, I'm going to start out with Leviticus 23:1. This is not on a slide. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed feasts, the appointed feasts of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. So we're we're going to look at all these this year. And I, I feel like I need to give a little bit of background context for the feast of Passover today. So I'm going to give you a 50,000-foot a uh, overview of a good part of the Old Testament as, as we start out. So I'm skipping a lot, but we're going to start with Abraham because the Lord found in Abraham someone who, who would trust him, someone who had faith, who would hear him and obey and do what he said. And the Lord, because of the heart that Abraham had, he made a covenant with with Abraham. And he promised Abraham that... And, and Abraham was an old man at this time who had no children and really no hope of ever having children because of his age. And the Lord promised him that he would be the father of many nations that his children would be as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky, and that through him every nation on the earth would be blessed. And, you know, there's so much detail in that story, but but that is where this story begins. It really begins with Abraham, God choosing a man and promising out of this man is going to come a people. In fact, uh, an innumerable number of people. So what happens? uh, Through a series of events over generations, the Lord moves Abraham's family, which is still relatively small in number, to Egypt and supernaturally provides for them in one of the worst famines uh, that had been known supernaturally provides because of Joseph's obedience and his faithfulness, Uh, one of Abraham's great-grandsons. And the Lord had promised Abraham when he was giving him this covenant that, hey, your your family is going to go to this other land and I hate to tell you this, but they're going to be slaves for 400 years. But don't worry, then I'm going to take them out and and we're really going to get somewhere at that point. So they're in Egypt, things are great. Under Joseph, they're given the best land in in Egypt and they begin to multiply and multiply and a few generations later, a different pharaoh says, these people are too strong, too numerous. We, we've got to make them slaves so they don't become powerful as well and threaten us. So that's what happened. So God hears the cries of his people and he calls Moses as the deliverer of his people. Now, we we got to think about this, okay, that right now God doesn't really have a people he has a family in Egypt, and passover is is such a significant event that and i didn 't even realize this un, until my study for this message because this is it, it is hugely significant you you would know this easily if if you grew up hebrew and and jewish but as a non-Hebrew, non-Jewish person reading the Old Testament, I I didn't realize that when the Lord said, when the Lord gave the instructions for Passover and He said, and this will be the beginning of months for you, it, it had not previously been the beginning of months for them. So with Passover, God was changing time. He was saying, previously it was like this, from now on it's going to be like this. Does that sound like anything else that you're familiar with? Uh, If you've ever heard of B.C. and A.D., although those initials are becoming harder and harder to find as the atheist scientific community replaces them with C.E. and B.C.E., (laughs) <laughs> They're just trying to wipe Jesus out of everything. Well, but that's I, I can't follow rabbit trails today. So <clears throat> what we what we have to understand if if you go to the slide that is a table uh, with three columns and. Six rows, there it is, exactly. This this is foundational to our understanding of, of the Old Testament. The fulfillment of the feasts. In Israel, which is what we see in the Old Testament, we see the feasts historically and literally fulfilled. We see them prophetically as Types, which are symbols. They are actually something, but they actually, in a deeper meaning, represent something else. That is a type. And we see what God literally did in Israel, and we observe what actually happened. That's as far as many people go in interpreting the Old Testament. But we need to get to the richer deeper meaning of the Old Testament which is in the second and third columns of this table in Christ we see the feasts of Israel historically and personally fulfilled Jesus as a Jewish boy celebrated all of the feasts of Israel but He fulfilled them personally as the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world and He fulfilled all of the feasts. We're just going to be looking at the Feast of Passover today. So as we look at the life of Jesus, we see what God did in Him in being the anti-type or the the, the actual representation that the type in the Old Testament was pointing toward. And, then, and that gives us interpretation of what that stuff in the Old Testament actually meant. But it, and and that, is, that is great richness in our understanding, but it gets even better than that. Because those feasts also point to us, the church. Because there, while there was a historical, literal fulfillment of these feasts in the Old Testament in the nation of Israel, there is a historic, spiritual fulfillment in us of what those feasts were pointing toward. While they were prophetically types in the Old Testament for Israel, we get to experience those things actually in our lives. As God brings forth the truth that was prophetically being spoken by those feasts in the Old Testament. And we get to see now what God is actually doing in the church as he fulfills even further what, what those feasts were, were speaking of in, in us as his people. And, and that is the application for us today. So, as, as we look at these feasts, the, these are not just historical things that happened thousands of years ago and nice stories. No, they, they speak plainly today of what God is doing in us. And, and that is, is what I want us to get today. Uh, because this, this type of interpretation... Is, is not just for the feasts. It's, it's for the whole Old Testament. Because what God was doing in Egypt with the original Passover is, is he, he was pulling out of one nation a people who were the people of God. That that had not happened before. There there was a family. There was the family of Abraham that became an extended family and it became a large number of people. But they, they weren't really, until Passover, they weren't really the people of God. Through what God did, they became the people of God. And, and as, as we will see, as, as we go through the, the same type of experiences in our own lives, it's how we become part of the people of God. It's, it's really, it's, it's amazing stuff. So, back to the historical setting... The Lord had raised up Moses and called him to be the deliverer of his people. Brought him back to Egypt after he had had to run away because of killing someone, and the Lord begins this process that, that probably took may, maybe as as long as nine months or a year of Moses dealings with Pharaoh to to bring his people out of Egypt. And what happened, we most of us know the story of the 10 plagues of Egypt. Well, that's where where Passover comes in is the 10th and last plague. And and what happened through those plagues is that the Lord God Jehovah showed himself to be so much stronger than every one of the gods of Egypt. He, through those plagues, he defeated and brought judgment on every one of the gods of Egypt until at the end of the last plague there was, there was one God left to deal with and that was Pharaoh himself, because Pharaoh was seen as the Son of God. And so that's, that's sort of where we pick up the story of Passover, and, and I, I want to take the time to read this out of Exodus chapter 12. This is the most complete Uh, Description In one place That we find So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt This month The month of Passover Shall be for you the beginning of months He's changing time It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat. You shall make your count for the lamb." "'Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. "'You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, "'and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, "'when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel "'shall kill their lambs at twilight. "'Then they shall take some of the blood "'and put it on the two doorposts "'and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. "'They shall eat the flesh that night, "'roasted on fire.' with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they will eat it do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts and you shall let none of it remain until morning anything that remains until morning you shall burn in this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout all your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses. If anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day you shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day a holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days. But what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared by you. And you will observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which we're going to get to next week, for on this very day i brought your hosts out of the land of egypt therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever in the first month from the fourteenth day of the month at evening you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at evening for seven days no leaven is to be found in your houses If anyone eats what is leavened, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a sojourner or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwelling places. You shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. to enter your houses to strike you. You shall observe this rite as a statute for you and your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You will say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt, when he struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. See, this, this is God. He'd been revealing himself as God for probably nine months. And, and, and this, this was new to these people. These people had just been slaves for a few generations, and and they 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 knew stories of this God who had made a covenant with their their great 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 grandfather Abraham at at some point, and and and, and there were promises uh, of good, but all they could see was bad and things had gotten progressively worse over those nine months in in their duty and work as as slaves then the people of Israel went and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron so they did at midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt Go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel. And go serve the Lord, as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds, as you have said. Be gone, and bless me also. He was finally starting to get it, (laughs) that this God was powerful. The Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we will all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading bowls being bound up in their cloaks. On their shoulders, the people of Israel had also done as Moses told them. For they had asked the Egyptian Egyptians for silver and gold, jewelry and for clothing, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they let them have whatever they asked. Thus they plundered the Egyptians." And the people of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. A mixed multitude also went up with them, and very much livestock, both flocks and herds. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough that they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. The time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So this same night is a night of watching kept to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout their generations." And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat of it, but every slave that is bought for money may eat of it after you have circumcised him. No foreigner or hired servant may eat of it. It shall be eaten in one house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside of the house. You shall not break any of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. If a stranger will sojourn with you and would keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Then he may come near and keep it. He shall be as a native of the land, but no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. There shall be one law for the native and for the stranger who sojourns among you. All the people of Israel did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, And on that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their hosts. So so that is is the basic story of, of what happened preceding Passover, during the night of Passover, and the next day when the Egyptians basically told the people of Israel get out of here and take our stuff just <laughs> just just go <laughs> we we don't all want to die and and that is how they left they they came poor small in number in a severe time of famine and they left with All the plunder of Egypt, 600,000 men plus women and children. So, what does all this mean? That's that's what we want to get to today. So the first thing that I mentioned already was that time changed with Passover. So the, the Jewish people still have two calendars. They have what they call a civil calendar and they have a sacred calendar. And in the sacred calendar, the first month is is the month of Passover. Jesus, being the fulfillment of the Passover lamb, when he actually died and, and became the once and for all sacrifice for the sins of the world time changed for for the world not just for one group of people that that is how did god pull that off he he can accomplish what he wants to accomplish and he did it. Now, the, the four days of, of the hidden lamb, okay, they were to take the lamb on the 10th day. It wasn't going to be sacrificed until the 14th day. So there were four days that the lamb was hidden. Now, this, this, this is some really interesting symbolism here because we, we have uh, two or three witnesses in in the Word of God, that a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is, is like a day. Jesus was set aside after Adam sinned to be to be the Lamb of God. He waited for four days, 4,000 years, and then he came. And his death was at the same time that they were killing the Passover lambs for Passover that year. So if creation was a type. the creation story was a type for this creation the lord worked for 6 days and then he rested for a day there was 4000 years to jesus there's been 2000 years since jesus This is one of the most compelling arguments for a millennium, that at the day of the Lord, at the end of the sixth day, the Lamb of God will usher in that true day of rest for the people of God. There, there is so much here. The firstborn lamb. Or the, it must be a firstborn lamb. <clears throat> the setting aside of the firstborn is, we, we see that throughout Scripture. Cain set aside for Abel, Isaac for Esau, or Esau for Jacob, Ishmael for Isaac, Egypt for Israel, Israel for the church. See this I hope you got your teeth in today. This is meat. This this is what's in the Word of God if if we dig into it. And and we, we chew and we we seek revelation. There there is so much here. And Adam set aside for Jesus. That's the biggest one. And it was to be a male. In 1 Corinthians 15, 21, Paul brings some of this to light. For since death came through a man... The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. The lamb was to be without spot or blemish. The lamb was to be inspected to know that it was acceptable to become. A Passover lamb when you look at the story of the crucifixion of Jesus he was examined by the political leaders and they found nothing wrong with him he was examined by the religious leaders They could find nothing wrong with him, so they had to hire people to lie so they could come up with something against him. He was examined by Judas, who had betrayed him, and after Judas betrayed him, he recognized the incredible wrong that he had done. he was examined there there were there were there were seven groups of people that Jesus was examined by and he was found without blame or spot by every one of them including the centurion and one of the thieves on the cross a lamb for a household. God's intention is that salvation be for a household. And and we see promises of that in the New Testament and numerous examples of it. I'll just give you one from Acts chapter 16. This is uh, the story of the jailer. And Peter. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, after this miraculous uh, falling off of their chains and opening of the doors, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family." and the whole household was was to eat the the lamb together and if you're in a household where people need to be saved you need to keep contending as you can hold on to the promise that salvation is for the household keep eating the lamb The whole assembly was to kill the lamb. At the same time, the whole congregation of Israel was involved in the death of Jesus. The Sanhedrin, the priests, and all the people. That, that picture in Jerusalem of Pilate wanting to free Jesus because he, he knew he was without blame and, and giving the people the opportunity. I, I'll, I'll either give you Jesus or I'm going to give you this murdering scoundrel who we're waiting to put to death, thinking that he knew which one they would choose. but they chose the one who had to be killed on that day. The blood must be applied to the lintel and the doorposts. The blood was the evidence that the sacrifice of the Passover lamb had taken place for that household. So there was an external sign, the blood, on the door. When Jesus was on the cross, he was both the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, as well as the door it's one of the I am statements in the book of John some translations say I am the gate but it's I am the door so there was the blood on the two sides and up above from the crown of thorns and dripping down onto the ground just like it had to have on every one of those households where they painted the blood on the door there had to be a puddle on the ground Jesus said in John 10 I am the door If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved. And he shall go in and out and find pasture. See, this Passover is such a picture of, of our salvation. Each household had to do it. And the people of Israel or their firstborn would die. For us, each each person must apply the blood for their own salvation. It is available to all. But if they do not apply the blood to their life, they will not be protected. The body of the lamb was to be eaten. The whole lamb was to be eaten in haste with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Jesus suffered and died as the Passover lamb and was without sin. For us, the church, when we partake of this representing the blood, of Jesus and the unleavened bread that represents his body. See, Jesus, in the Last Supper, he, he instituted a new celebration for the New Covenant people, and, and this was to be it. And no, they didn't do it exactly like this, but this is a convenient way for us to do it and to remember. You remember when Jesus was at the height of his popularity with thousands of people, he said the most bizarre thing, almost lost his disciples when the multitude left remember he he talked about eating his flesh and drinking his blood they They didn't understand he He was telling them plainly that he was to be the ultimate fulfillment of passover and and that the true people of God would would feed on his flesh and, and drink his blood. Which is what we do. There, there's just so much here. I, I mean, I, I don't even have it all in my notes and I still got three pages. Is, is this amazing or what? and how they were to eat the lamb they were to eat it in haste they were to gird their loins which we just scratch our heads when we read that meant they were to tuck in their loose garments so they'd be able to walk and possibly even run if necessary which was the whole idea They were to have their shoes on their feet and have a staff in their hand and be ready to go. And they ate with unleavened bread. Jesus was ready to be the Lamb of God. He was ready to do whatever the Father asked of him. Only he could say, The ruler of this world has nothing in me because he was without spot or blemish. We are to be ready as well for whatever the Lord asks of us. We are to put on the whole armor of God Listed in Ephesians chapter six, and be ready to go to battle against the forces of darkness. And we can't hold on to any leaven, any sin. As it creates a weak point in our armor. And we'll we'll get into more of that next week. So <clears throat> This feast is called the Passover of the Lord. The night of Passover was a dividing line between those who would be the people of God and everyone else. It was divine protection and life for the obedient, both of Israel and, and Egypt, if, if they heard the instruction and, and obeyed but for the rest it meant death and sorrow. The difference was whether the blood had been applied to the house. The covering of blood was a symbol of faith and obedience to the death angel. Jesus became the Passover lamb, and it's his blood that when applied to our lives, delivers us from death into a new life we become a new creation and this is done through faith and obedience as well but it is a literal spiritual reality that we become a new creation that we pass from death to life by applying the blood It was, the the lambs were to be killed at the going down of the sun. This was fulfilled in the life of Jesus when there was a solar eclipse on the day that he was sacrificed. Fulfilling the words of the prophet Amos from the Old Testament. Amos 8, starting in verse 9, In that day, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your religious feasts into mourning and all your singing into weeping. I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. I will make that time like mourning for an only son. and the end of it like a bitter day and he prophesied that hundreds of years before not a bone was to be broken on the Passover lamb the full significance of that wasn't understood until the death of Jesus the soldiers broke the legs of the two thieves Who were crucified with Jesus to hasten their deaths, but when they went to break Jesus' legs, they found that he was already dead. So they didn't do it. He had surrendered his spirit to the Father already in death. He was not a disobedient sheep needing his legs to be broken as were the two thieves. May we not be disobedient sheep who need our legs to be broken either. Unleavened bread was to be eaten for seven days, and no leaven was to be found in any household for those seven days, or that family would be cut off from the congregation of the people of God. Jesus fulfilled this by having no sin, having no leaven. We, as believers, are to cooperate with the Lord in removing the leaven from our lives as he brings forth the nature of Christ in us. We cannot... Find a place of comfortableness and stop His work in us. There was safety inside the house. None were to go out of the house until the Lord said that it was okay. Their safety and security depended on their obedience. They were to remain inside the blood-sprinkled door, eating the lamb. This is our security, to remain in the blood-sprinkled door, Jesus, and inside his church, the fellowship, feeding on the Lamb, celebrating the Lord's Supper together. The explanation of the feast. The Lord commanded Israel to keep this feast forever and to teach it to their children. How many of you have heard? any of this stuff before well good i'm glad there are some <laughs> you don't hear this very often but in the church we should be speaking this forth because this this builds our faith i mean we we see that god has been Following his plan for thousands of years and and his kingdom has been spreading across the earth like leaven, not in a bad way, as, as in this story, but like in one of Jesus' parables. But what he began he is going to finish. So this is why we celebrate Passover, is is to teach the meaning, the rich meaning of this. And these these are the feasts of the Lord. As as the people of God, we, we should observe his celebrations. He has given them to us as his people the the taking spoil from the Egyptians <laughs> after the last plague Pharaoh told Moses and Aaron to get out of Egypt quickly <laughs> in their haste to get rid of the Israelites they gave them many possessions and treasures and this fulfilled God's promise to Abraham 400 years before Way back in Genesis 13. (laughs) So it is with Christ Jesus who took spoil from the kingdom of darkness. After he defeated them on the cross by his pure and complete obedience he took spoil he he took the keys of death and hell from the enemy that represents all the authority he had won he had purchased all that authority back by being the second adam and doing it all right And so we as the church, we also get to partake in taking the spoils of the enemy because the reason that the Son of God came was to destroy the works of the devil. And we are called to the same ministry as Jesus to destroy the works of the devil and take back what he has stolen. Yes. You had to be circumcised to eat the Passover. Circumcision was, was the sign, the physical outward sign of God's covenant with Abraham. So you, you had to be a covenant person to partake of passover the new testament tells us that those who are in a new covenant relation relationship with christ are qualified to partake of the lord's supper A holy convocation. The Passover, like the other feast days, was a holy gathering. It was an extra Sabbath. No work was to be done, and all were to rest. Jesus lived a Sabbath life because he never did any of his own works. He did what he saw the Father doing, and he said what the Father was saying. We, as the people of God, are called to enter that rest, to to cease from our own labors of trying to be something for God or do something for God or make ourselves acceptable or anything like that. We're, We're called to rest from that and enter into the works that, that God has called us to. So he, he's not calling us to a, a life of inactivity. No. He's calling us to a, a life of resting from trying to do it ourselves. But serving others. The Exodus on eagles' wings when they left Egypt. God's people had been preserved through the plagues that fell on Egypt. Now, at the midnight hour, they experienced the great Exodus, which was going out into the wilderness. You see, it's such a picture of how God does things so differently than than we would expect. But but this is a really important piece for us to understand. See, when when God took the people of Israel out of Egypt on on eagles' wings, as as He said, it's His terminology. He He didn't take them to a vacation on the riviera he he took them out into the rough wilderness where where they had to learn what being the people of god was all about cuz they didn't know they they didn't have anything to really look back on but they they had been preserved through all of the plagues, all of the judgments against the gods of Egypt. He brought them to himself through the wilderness. Now get, get this part. This will be fulfilled in the church as we approach the end of days. We will experience the preserving power of God in the midst of the great plagues that will take place that are told about in the book of Revelation. And then he will deliver us. We, we will be kept. But our keeping is going to depend on our obedience just like it was for them imagine what it was like the night of the passover you're a, an israelite family you you killed the lamb that had been with you for 4 days You've roasted it over the fire and, and you're eating it. You've, you've u- applied the blood to your house. And you begin to hear the wailing of people whose firstborn children are now dead. There was a release of the fear of the Lord that night. We, we see that it didn't take <laughs> as, as well as we, we would have hoped, or, or God would have hoped, with the way they responded in, in the wilderness later. But there was. As, as the people of God approaching the end of days, it, we may go through similar things. And the most important thing for us is, is to be able to hear what God is saying and obey quickly. That's what will take care of us, what will preserve us. just two more <laughs> the healing power of the lamb now this, this is important for us to get in uh, Psalm 105 we're told that there was not a feeble person among them when God took the Israelites out of Egypt How is that possible for a number of people in the millions? 600,000 men plus women and children. None of them were sick or unable to travel. There's only one way that's possible. is that there was healing released through... Eating the flesh of the Lamb. You want to know why we do this every week? Because there is a release of healing and grace into your physical body and your spirit every time you partake of the Lord's Supper with the right heart that's why we do it every week why would we not that's my question if there's grace and healing available in this expression of the Lord's Supper which I firmly believe there is then let's receive it and the last thing is the song of Moses and the lamb there there's no recorded song in scripture until we come to the song of Moses after the deliverance out of Egypt that's interesting Similarly, no one can truly worship the Lord until they've been redeemed by the true Lamb of God. And the saints who come out of the great tribulation and stand on the sea of glass will sing the song of Moses and of the Lamb. That's awesome, it goes all the way back to that first song. And we will sing that song. So if, if you're here today and, and you, you have not applied the blood of the Lamb of God, to your life. I, I want to invite you to do that today. And I will lead you in a short prayer, and then we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. So if I could get a couple of the elders to come up here. so if you would bow your heads if if you've not been born again if you've not applied the blood of the Lamb of God to your life then I invite you to do so right now so you can partake of the Lord's Supper as one of God's people today so I I invite you to uh, to just say this prayer uh, with me. If some of you want to say it along with, so that nobody's doing it by themselves, that would be just fine. Jesus. I thank you, for being the Lamb of God thank you for being the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I receive your sacrifice on my behalf. On my behalf. I receive... Your blood on my behalf. behalf. Forgive me and cleanse me from my sins. sins. Make me alive to you in your... Make 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 me a new creation. I thank you. Amen. Well, if you want to come up and uh, receive the elements, we're going to do this together this week. In uh, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul gives instruction to the church there about the Lord's Supper. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you by your stripes we're healed. We receive all the benefits from your broken body for us. Thank you. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying... This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So Jesus, we thank you for your blood that cleanses us from our sins. It delivers us from the curse of the law we thank you for the new covenant. We receive all the benefits of your blood for us. Amen. Father, I thank you for your great wisdom. Thank you for your word and the treasure of of truth and revelation that's in it. I pray you'd give us a hunger for your word. And that you would meet us and give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation when we, when we dig in. Lord, bless the food that we're about to eat together. Bless our fellowship. Bless your people with a strengthened faith and hope in who you are for us and who we are as your people. For the glory of your Son. Amen.